Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are an exciting weekend in golf, recapping this year's U.S. Open. Rob, Gronkow- Rob Gronkowski hangs up the cleats. The Philadelphia Flyers get their new head coach. The Avalanche are scoring their way to a Stanley Cup. Can they finish the job? The Warriors are NBA champions once again. With that, you, with that, I give you our Chief Fire Fire Brigade, Rob Cow. Thanks, Colton. Good to be in the studio again. Well, it's a hot one out there in Delaware, Ohio tonight, uh, well into the 90s. Glad to have Matt back in the studio with us this week. Uh, Colton and I had to fend for ourselves last week. <laughs> like Colton said, we're going to start out with the U.S. Open. Uh, and, you know, a lot of the names that Colton and I talked about last week actually finished pretty close to the top. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, you know, we, we mentioned Scotty Scheffler. Um, you know, I'm actually, you know, pulling for Will Zalatoris to get his first major. And and uh, Rory was up there. Um, so, you know, they – uh, after the first round, uh, Adam Hadwin was four under leading it and five guys tied at second. So, Colton, give me your thoughts on the first couple rounds of the Open. Yeah, absolutely. You know, oh, <clears throat> you know, it, it was kind of interesting to see, you know, uh, you talk about, you know, Adam Hadwin, you know, leading it after the first day. And then, you know, the, over the next course of, you know, several days, there was kind of a, a different leader every every yeah. day. But, you yeah. know, real real competitive, you know, leaderboard, real tight leaderboard. And, you know, we, we talked about it, you know, I, I talked about it on the show last week that I thought, you know, based kind of on the weather conditions and, and, you know, the different wind conditions and things like that, that I thought, you know, somewhere under nine, you know, around nine under would, would win this thing. Ultimately it was, it was less than that, yeah, that, that, win, six, yeah. that, that wind up winning it. So it was uh yeah, real, real exciting time, uh, real, real competitive golf. Um, you know, I think going into the final round there, there were several guys you, you thought, you know, even guys that were maybe a, a few shots back that, that had a real chance to make a move on Sunday and then, uh, you know, win, win this thing. But, uh, you know, ultimately that the Englishman, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, like we said, finished six under to, to win, uh, you know, golf's third, third major of, of the season. So, you know, hats off to him. He, he played, you know, just Mr. Consistent throughout the, throughout the, uh, throughout the week, um, you know, and just hung around there and, you know, had a phenomenal shot to save, save it on 18 out of, out of the sand there. Um, you know, everybody thought, man, he's going to, he's going to struggle on this one. Him and Zalatoris going to, you know, him, Zalatoris and Scheffler are going to head to a, uh, you know, three man playoff and then, you know, anything is possible then. So, but uh, he, he had a phenomenal, yeah, you know, bunker shot, and, shot. Um, and then, you know, saved it. And, you know, that was the story of the day or maybe the story of the, of the weekend for him of just, you know, doing what he needed to do to, to set himself up for, you know, for winning this thing. And mm-hmm. like I said, he takes home his, not only his first major win ever, but his first PGA tour win ever. So, yeah. you know, it's uh, pretty, pretty phenomenal. I mean, that's what you, what you want to do, big, you know, big one to, win to be, to be the best. Run. You Yeah. To be the best, you got to beat the best. So, you know, also takes home a, a cool three and a, a $3.15 million on top of taking Not that trophy. Of a day. Right. Right. So, right. But uh, yeah, it was interesting golf, real you know, real competitive. I, I think uh, you know you could have asked for for a better four days of, of golf. So. Final round was real exciting. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, that final round, like you said, really belonged to the young guns here with Matt Fitzpatrick and Will Zalatoris, really battling it out all day, kind of going back and forth. And, and Zalatoris fell back a little bit, but mm-hmm. he, he kind he kept of battling. He kept battling back yeah. and made it interesting there at the end. He had a shot for a birdie, mm-hmm. twelve foot birdie putt there that would have forced no, the playoff. Just, 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 just missed it. So yeah. I, I mean, he he was. You could just tell. He was dejected yeah, after missing. Defeated him. there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, 
you know, and after after Friday, after cut day, Rory was right there. He was only one off the lead mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Will and Matt leading after the, you know, the second day there, uh, or after Saturday, I'm sorry, after the third round. And John Rahm was only one back after Saturday. Mm-hmm. So, oh, he fell you know, apart, though. Yeah. yeah. Was Sunday was not, was not kind. Yeah, it was not kind yeah. to him. Um, you know, but as a result of it, you know, being somewhat of a tight leaderboard, I mean, he, Rom finished, you know, one over for the tournament, but still tied for 12th. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. still up there almost in the course top 10. Tough, yeah. yeah, it was definitely, you know, definitely a tough course. And, you know, we, we talked about that a lot, you know, going into it. Um, you know, and I think two of the things that I, you know, talked about last week is being accurate off the tee and, and, you know, getting those greens, you know, in regulation, putting the ball on in, in two or three shots to set yourself up for, you know, a lot of birdie opportunities. And, you know, ironically, uh, looking at, at Matt Fitzpatrick's stats, uh, he hit 39 out of 56 fairways, um, which about almost 70% of his fairways, um, which tied him for fifth amongst, you know, all the golfers that played. And then uh, he hit uh, 52 of 72 greens in regulation, which is almost 73%, which nice. tied him for first in that category. So the two, yeah, the two, the two categories the I thought would be, you know, who needed to be there to win it. You know, he did very well in both those categories and that's why it, you know, set himself up to, you know, to win this thing. So, yeah, yeah like I said, it, uh, Zal Torres, he started off then the final round on Sunday, he bogeyed the first two out of three. And I thought now he's, he's fading, he's going to mm-hmm. slip away, but you know, he, he came back and birdied on the front there, six, seven and nine to get right back in it. And, and like Matt said, you know, he missed that 12, 13 footer and it just by, it, inches a, by inches. a ball with yeah, probably yeah. and and it just and, uh it just that crippled sent, yeah that would have sent it to extra innings right so to speak mm-hmm. and like colton said anything could have happened there so right it was exciting to watch it was fun golf to watch yeah you almost gotta you almost gotta feel bad for for will at this point he's uh, been so, so close. close i mean yeah. I, I looked it up he's been uh this is the second time Second time, this is the third time in the last seven majors that he's finished in second place. Yeah. Uh, so he's almost like the new Louis Oosthuizen, if you if you will. That yeah. you know that guy seems to always come in, in second in all these majors or whatnot. The and, Buffalo Bills of golf. <laughs> yeah, uh, just coming up short. But you know, he's a young guy. Stick with it. I, I think he'll he'll be there. You know, he just you know gotta one or one or two shots here or there, and you know he's he's hoisting that trophy instead right. of you know Matt Fitzpatrick or yeah Matt Fitzpatrick. So oh, the payday for second place isn't all too shabby, right? Either. Right. So it's right. still, yeah. still a great day of golf for him. Yeah, and, and I think the you know the, the other interesting thing you know we we uh, you know talk about this you know we talked about it a couple of weeks ago this new you know golf league. Well, you know some of those guys you know got the exemption to play in this major. Mm-hmm. You know were able to play in this major, and a lot of them. Played like well. horrible. I mean, yeah, Mickelson, Mickelson didn't even make the cut. Didn't make the cut. I think he finished eleven over for for in two days. He finished eleven over. Yeah. Um, Dustin Johnson was, I think, about the only one from that different league that actually made made the cut. But then he won. He still finished four over for for the tournament. So for me, I don't know. It just seems like these guys. That, yeah, that's getting in their head. That you know the controversy surrounding this is getting in these guys' heads. Or right, because I mean it's no, it's no. I mean it, it seems like every tournament here recently, players are getting asked about you know right. this other golf league, you know and whatnot. I think it's becoming a distraction, maybe for the players that have stuck it in the PGA Tour, but some of these players that are you know, playing in this tournament, not playing in that tournament, mm-hmm. I think it's a distraction for for them as well. I think mm-hmm. they somewhat. I don't know. To me, either you're in or you're out. Like right. you, to me, I think, you know, if, if you're going to 
you know, not you say you don't want to play in the PGA. Okay, you don't want to play in the PGA. Don't have one foot in the door here at the PGA. I mean, I just think from a you know from you know a professional standpoint, I think it I think it would be better for them mentally to just be one or the other because yeah. you know I think it is a distraction for for the players not only that have stuck in the PGA, but these ones that are, you know, kind of bouncing back and forth. So, so. it's tough because there's no real comparison in any other sport to mm-hmm. this where there's another major professional league mm-hmm. that, that can rival you know, yeah. money-wise right. and, and, you know, trying to get those top guys. So it, it, it's a little different aura about it, you know. Yeah, yeah there, you wouldn't see an NFL guy go play the Canadian, Canadian League, league, league or right. something and yeah. try to do both. Right, right. Like that just, it's just not right. the same. Right. It, this is I think really golf is set up situation. that way that you you can somewhat do yeah. golf just because like even even when even if they were fully committed to the PGA, they don't play every tournament anyways. Right. Um and, but and then there's not a tournament every weekend. Right, either, right. So, so. And that's the other weird thing about this is the PGA isn't okay with this, but they are okay with the guys that are playing in like the, the European league, mm-hmm. but they still, they're still okay to do both. Right. So right. I, I, the PGA kind of needs to do it one way or the right, other, right. I, I think as well, which it's, uh, you know, kind of, kind of interesting. Cause I saw an article earlier, earlier in the week, um, the PGA, you know, as a result of this competition that they're getting from this other, other golf league, they actually have uh, committed to raising the purses at eight of their, you know, kind of, wouldn't say minor, but they're, you know, lower grade, you know, some of the top level minor, you know, tournaments, they're going to increase the purse for some of those tournaments, the Memorial being one of them, um, which is, you know, a, a tournament that's close to us, but uh, you know, they're going to do that. And then they're also adding three, what they call global events as well, where basically, you know, be somewhere around the, around the world, there'll be no cuts, but it will be like a, a limited field to be like, you know, maybe like the top 60 golfers are the mm-hmm. only ones that qualify for this, for this tournament. Gotcha. Um, and then that purse would also be, you know, a large amount, com- you know, somewhat comparable to probably a major or something like right. that wouldn't be, wouldn't be technically called a major, but just, you know, kind of a, a big global event to somewhat, you know, compete with this, this new, you know, new golf league that they have out there. That's, you know, like I said, drawing, Drawing attention. I mean, they stole two more golfers this week. I yeah. mean, Brooks Kepka is the next guy, and then uh, Abram Anser, who's who's a pretty fairly young young guy on the on the tour, have both made the made the jump to this new league. So it just seems like every day or every week we got we got a new top level guy that's making the jump to to this new league. So, so they, it's funny the PGA is making those changes to to increase the purses and stuff because that was kind of what Phil Mickelson said in the first place about going over there and and doing that was because. They wanted to see a change with the PGA because mm-hmm. they weren't paying them enough. And, right. You know, they, the, a lot of the rules were kind of stringent. And, right. So, I, I, really, this league's already paying dividends then for, for yeah. the PGA. Golfers. Yeah, and I think I saw another thing the PGA is going to try to do or that they're, you know, going back to is that it used to be like golf had like almost like a, a hard like stop date. You know, they the last tournament was on this date and that was it until, you know, the next calendar year. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, since then they've gone to kind of this wraparound schedule where basically there is no off season for, for golf. And yeah. there have been several players that have complained about that of saying like, when do we get time to just, you know, relax or, you know, right. spend time yeah, with family, family or, yeah. you know, whatever, when we're basically having to play golf all the time or the guys that chose to basically take the, take the fall off or take the, you know, winter off or whatever, we're, we're somewhat behind in the points race mm-hmm. by the time, you know, the next calendar year rolled Start around that they, yeah. you know, yeah. were trying to play catch up or, you know, whatever that they, you know, somewhat complained about that. So I saw, yeah, something where the BGA is going to 
going to go back to what they used to be of, you know, kind of a hard stop at the, you know, the end of the year towards the fall, you know, winter time or whatever, there'll be, you know, one tournament, that's the last one. And then, you know, they'll take a couple months or months off or whatever, and then, you know, start back up, you know, beginning of, of the next, the next year. So I think this, this, uh, you know, new golf league definitely has the PGA tour, you know, has them paying attention. Right. It's got their attention. On They're their on their toes. radar. Yeah. Um, and I think as a result, the PGA is, you know, trying to make some changes so that they, don't continue to lose more of their, yeah. of their top guys. So, yeah. all right. Very good. All right. Well, on to some NFL news this week. Uh, Gronkster is um, hanging up the cleats. Like Colton said, um, you know, he, he had injury was, was played with injuries throughout his career, but man, some of the numbers he put up in in a shortened career, I think are pretty phenomenal when mm-hmm. you compare him to like his contemporary tight ends and even guys that, um, you thought or are in the top tier, I would say, in tight ends. You know, it, over his over his career, he, he made 143 catches. Or in 143 games, he made 621 catches for almost 9,300 yards and 92 touchdowns. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. you know, and that puts him in the class with like, well, Travis Kelsey, you know, is, is in that. Obviously, he's still playing, but he's sitting at 127 games. Ben Coates, mm-hmm. you know, famed uh, tight end from the from the Patriots, mm-hmm. played 158 games. Um, you know, just I was just comparing ah. some stats of guys that, you know, you think of when you think of great tight ends, guys mm-hmm. like Tony Gonzalez, um, and- Antonio Gates, Shannon yeah. Sharp, mm-hmm. the Wizard of Oz, uh, Jason Witten. You know, guys like that. You know, and just the stats that Gronk put up. I mean, he's right up there, with, and, with and he's those. got four Super Bowl rings. Right. So, right. give me your thoughts on uh, Gronkowski retiring this week, Matt. Yeah, you know, it's a, his second retirement <laughs> yeah. in that short, short, retirement yes. career. So that's that's a little interesting tidbit. Yeah. And, and actually, there's already been conversation where he. He said, well, if Tom calls me in the middle of the season, I may entertain coming back. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. It, 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 we may have like another a, Tom a Brady. Up, not yeah, hang up yeah. type deal here. Right. I don't know. It's a little odd. But, right. You know, he, he's definitely had a great career. You, you can't shake a stick at four Super Bowl championships, mm-hmm. five-time Pro Bowler, you know, all those yards and touchdowns. The question is, is he going to be a Hall of Famer? And the only reason I ask is because there's only nine tight ends in all of NFL history mm-hmm. that have made the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So I, – with that short of a career, does 11 years. It, I, I know he put up the stats. He yeah. won the Super Bowls, but he was right. also on some really good teams. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I I I think he he's deserving based on you know his credentials. But yeah, I don't the, know if he'll be a first ballot. Yeah, I, well, I would that was almost, my question. Yeah. I guess to you guys, I think he gets in. Yeah, but is he a first? Ballot I, I don't know that he's first ballot. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know that any tight ends have been a first ballot. <clears throat> that that I, Super Bowl, the Super Bowls really definitely help his help his case, obviously, right. and and you know. I know that, yeah, those teams were, were great. Some defenses were good. But, I mean, he, he still, you know, was a big contribution in some Absolutely. of those, you know, some of those Super Bowls. I mean, even the most recent Super Bowl in, in Tampa Bay, I mean, he caught two touchdowns in that in that game. So, I mean, he's been a contributor. Yeah, I would say definitely a Hall of Famer, borderline, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer. Right? I, I just think – yeah, I with, with 11, I think he, I think he's a first ballot. Okay, um, all right. I think just – Based on you know his numbers, obviously, but then the four rings, I think, and the just the 
the changing of what a tight end has become in the NFL. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, they've become more of a threat, offensive threat, when, you know, back in the day, they were just another blocker on the offensive line that could catch a pass here and there. Mm -hmm. So. I think I think he gets in first first round. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, in the tight end, the catching tight end or the scoring tight end is definitely the new the new norm in the NFL. I mean, it almost seems like if you're off your if your offense isn't in the top ten, it's probably because you don't have a tight end that that can catch you know catch the ball or go out for a pass or whatever. Like that seems to be the new the new style of offense. So I think the the nine tight ends that are in the you know hall of fame now i just think that's because of of the times that that they were they were in those nine guys were you know kind of the unicorns of of their ages because you just didn't see that a lot and yeah, now I mean, it's other than tony gonzalez who yeah more tony gonzalez and antonio Shannon gates Sharp, yeah yeah um you know yeah I, I think there's like there's I, been I, one I think like Gates will be the litmus test. I yeah. mean, was was Gates the first ballot? I don't, I, has he been on the ballot? I don't yet? know if I'm he has sure. been or not. Yeah, but I'd have to it, look that to up. me, if Antonio Gates isn't a first ballot, mm-hmm. and I, I don't remember if Tony Gonzalez was first ballot or mm-hmm. not, but if those two guys aren't first ballot, yeah, I, I don't think there's any way you can say Gronk's first ballot. Right, I, right. I get the Super Bowls, but those guys were considered the greatest of all time to play yeah. that position. Mm-hmm. If they if they can't get first ballot, then I. I think it would be it'd be hard Good pressed point. to say Gronk would be first. Ballot. Yeah, I think uh, you know, looking at it, you know, obviously, I mean, look at look at Gronk Hall of Fame, whatever. I guess where do the where does Tampa Bay go to now at the tight end mm-hmm. position? I mean, look, looking at the depth chart, they still have an eight year veteran in, in Cameron Brait, who's got two hundred and forty three catches, a little over twenty five hundred receiving yards, and thirty one receiving touchdowns in his in his career. He's still on the on the roster, so not a bad you know. Obviously, like we said, replacing a potential hall of famer in, in Rob Gronkowski is going to be no easy task. Right. Uh, but I think that they have a, a decent guy there in, in Cameron Brait. but if he goes down, man, they got nothing after him. They got two guys that they drafted this year. So they got two rookies that have never played an NFL down their next guy on the draft, you know, on their, on their depth chart. It's a guy that they was, was undrafted in 2018. Um, and, and his, in his four seasons, he has two catches oh, for yeah. 30 yards. So I think, you know, they are a little baby, maybe thin at that that tight end position. See what these, you know, rookies can do. I mean, but uh, yeah, it's one of those things that, you know, there's only a handful of tight ends that, that come along every so often right. that that have that, you know, yeah. greatness mentality or that that greatness written on them for, for a tight end, um, you know, and there's only a handful of them left in the in the league <laughs> at the moment that, you That's know, we good. talk about, you know, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle uh, being one of the, you know, a couple of those guys that, you know, are your new age you know catching receiving tight end so you know to, to draft two of them in, in this year's draft I mean it, it it's almost a a, a coin flip if they're right. going to turn out to be you know what you what you want Produce, so get the numbers that, right. that they're used to getting or at least some of them I, right. I don't think I wouldn't expect any of them to come in and and fill those shoes uh, yeah yeah big, big, a, big shoes 100 <laughs> percent you know right off the bat but right Hey, I get guess. a little tight end by committee, get, get yeah, a little right. bit out of each of them. Mm-hmm. And, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, and at lot. the same time, I mean, one of those guys or, you know, a couple of those guys, maybe they aren't receiving tight end. They're just, you know, specifically for run package or, you know, blocking packages or whatever. So I, I just think, yeah, it'd be, be interesting to see how, you know, they handle the loss in, in production from, from Gronk. Cause I mean, yeah, his, his career somewhat kind of curtailed at the, at the end a little bit, his stats kind of fell off a little bit towards the end and, you know, injury bug and getting older and things like that. And just taking a beating. I mean, the guy is a, I mean, he, there's no, there's no way you can say his lack of effort, you know, wasn't on the, on the field. I mean, (laughs) besides all of his off the field antics of, you know, being a somewhat of a party goer and, 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 you know, fun guy off the field, 
he still came, you know, came to practice, worked hard every every week, and, and gave you everything he got. You Left know, on, on, the field, on, on no Sunday, doubt. that's yep. for sure. So you definitely can't can't take that that away from him. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how how the Bucks kind of recover from this. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see how long Gronk, if he truly does stay away yeah. from the game. I mean, the only two guy, the only two tight ends with more touchdowns than, than Gronk are are Tony Gonzalez, but he played in like almost 130 more games mm, mm-hmm. and Antonio Gates who played in almost a hundred more games. Right. So, right. so Gronk's you know, done it pretty quick yeah. in, his, in his short, short time. Right, um, right. So definitely it'd be interesting, but yeah, we'll see, see if Tom gives him a call mid <laughs> mid season and, and can, depends on how the season's going. Right, can, can coax him into coming back. So, <clears throat> all right, very good. We're going to take a real quick commercial break. Um, stick with us. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. All right, we're back. Uh, Thanks for sticking with us. On to some uh, hockey news. Well, a couple rounds of hockey news here. First, going to start with a name that's all familiar to, you know, to us, um, John Tortorella got signed by the Philadelphia Flyers to a four-year, $16 million contract. You know, he was took a year off from coaching after, um, you know, parting ways with the, our, our home team, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, been around the league, you know, coach, head coaching-wise and as an assistant, but head coaching-wise with the Rangers, um, Tampa Bay, where he won a championship, Vancouver, and, and like I said, with the Jackets, um, winning, winning his coach for the Blue Jackets. In their history. In their history, yeah. um, 227 and 166 in Columbus and took them to the playoffs four out of six years and only had one losing season in Columbus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, overall, he's sitting at 673, 541, and 37. Uh, is it a good sign for the Phillies? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, like like you said, I think everywhere he's been, he's had he's had success. Um, you know, he's had you know good good record, been able to do you know good things for for the for the clubs that he's been a part of. I mean, even you know won a Stanley Cup with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, you know, back in two thousand four. So he's got you know got that under his belt. I mean, he's been named. Uh, the Jack Adams Award, which is, you know, the NHL's top coach, I think, two different times. Um, and then he's also the second winningest coach, uh, American head coach in NHL history. So, you know, coach been around a lot, you know, played as a, you know, played as a player as well. And just, you know, a lot of experience under his belt. But yeah, to be be interesting. This this hire didn't come without, you know, some some controversy surrounding it. Um, several, you know, past and past players of his and, and even current players of, of his on the, on the flyers kind of mixed, mixed emotions, I guess, um, you know, Brandon, Brandon Dubinsky, who, you know, spent time not only in blue jet, you know, with Columbus, but also some time in New York under uh, John Tortorella tweeted. And I quote, um, you know, the, the praying emoji hands for the, for the flyers players. Um, 
Yeah, so he, you know, he, those, those two never got got along. The the, the the ironic thing I find in that, you know, obviously he, he he you know tweets that or whatever. But if you look at at Dubinsky's stats, his better seasons best. were when he yeah. was with Tortorella. So it, it's interesting, you know, that he's you know has this kind of love hate relationship with with John Tortorella. But you know, as a player, as, as his career, he, he's you know played very well under under him and. Um, so I think, yeah, just, just very, very interesting there. And I, I think, like I said, I think with, with John, because of the way that he coaches the, the kind of, you know, mentality that he has, you do either have a love hate relationship yeah. with the guy just because he expects a lot out of, he, out of his guys. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's, that's, that's you know, he's known for Torch is known as <clears throat> he's a hard you know, nose guy, guy right? Expects a lot out of his players, expects them to work hard. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think he looks at it like, you know, I'm out here giving my all. I expect you guys to give me the same thing in return. And, right. You know, and, and he doesn't want just some offensive shooter who's just there to shoot. He wants two way hockey players. Right. He wants guys to play both offense yeah. and defense. Right. And, you know, I think that's why Cam Atkinson, who's also yep. a member of the Flyers, mm-hmm. he actually gave his endorsement oh, yeah. to Tortorella yeah. because, I mean, that's the type of player Cam is. Right. He'll put it all on the line. He can score for you. He can play defense for right. you. So I think a player like Cam fits really well in a Tortorella system. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it's, it's the star players that seem to always have a little bit of a problem mm-hmm. with them because I don't know. Sometimes their their ego is a little higher than, right. than the team. Right. Maybe they expect he, he expect, a little, and, little and special I, treatment. Yeah, and I think I think Tortorella he doesn't throw any punches. Nope. He treats everybody I think the same. Doesn't matter if you're making the most money in the league or the least money in the league. You get treated the same, and he expects the same out of all of his players. And I think, like I said, that that rubs players good or bad you know some players like that some don't and some i think respond to it and and, yeah. and some don't but yeah, uh if, if you're not playing well he's not afraid to bench you right you know, yeah he, he benched an all-star in, in, right. in the blue jackets right. a couple right. seasons ago yeah he's because he, he wasn't performing right so. and i think you know like you said with cam atkinson the same thing he came he came to his defense but if you look at cam atkinson's stats he had his best seasons in you know with the blue jackets under john tortorella so i think you know, there, there's one of those things that, yeah, you might, you might not like his, you know, ways or how he coaches, but you get the most, you, you, you're, you're producing when you're under him. So I, I think, you know, you got to somewhat cut him some slack and, you know, whatnot. And the Flyers are obviously in desperate need of, of, of something to, to turn around their franchise. I yeah. mean, they've historically been up, you know, a, a decent franchise. They've always been, you know, board, you know, playoff team, won some Stanley cups. I mean, and those Philadelphia fans, they they you know they expect their teams to be great yeah. every year, and they're the, up pretty unforgiving, right? And the, the Flyers definitely had you know a season to forget this this past season, and so you know, like I said, Tortorella's had you know great success everywhere he's he's been. So you know, four year contract with with the Flyers, you know, I expect him to you know come in there and, and get the ground you know hit the ground running from from the start and see what the flyers can do so yeah the guy, the guy's turned everybody around he's ever coached uh, i i think the flyers will be be the same they're, right. they're going to be back in the playoffs yeah. real soon yeah i think you obviously you know got to start start small i mean you got to yeah work your way you know obviously they finished with a losing record last season you know just get get to a winning record you know maybe make the playoffs in the in the first season there and just you know just compete and i think that's what you're going to get with a Tortorella team is you're always going to be competing. I mean, those Blue Jackets teams, they didn't always have the best talent, but they they always played hard. They, they always competed. gave it gave yeah. it their all. And you know, in in some of those playoffs, I mean, they were they were right there from you know mm-hmm. moving on to the next round or you know making making some noise. I mean, they even upset the Tampa Bay Lightning before they went on to their you know possible three peat of a Stanley Cup. They knocked them out in the first round. Um, and that that team was 
head and shoulders above, you know, talent wise above the Blue Jackets. Right. But the Blue Jackets just never quit. They never gave up. And I think that that has a lot to do with the way that, that Tortorella is, is, yeah. is as a coach and, you know, what he, what the, he expects. The philosophy he brings to, you know, to his club. I agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, on to some uh, the well, the only NHL news, I guess, right mm-hmm. now we're we're three games in. Uh, Avalanche are up two to one. That first game was really exciting. I watched quite a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was kind of a back and forth kind of a match. Mm-hmm. We talked about it last week, Colton and I did. You know, and they Avalanche did wind up pulling it out in overtime. And then game two, wow. I think that was definitely one for the lightning to, to forget. Yeah. <laughs> Pretend yeah. like short that memory, never happened. Short memory. But, you know, they, like they were able to. They, yeah, they, they were. Yeah, they things responded. Around. They Game responded. Three. Game three. And pretty much put up a, a beating the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what I found interesting about Game three, that 6-2 win, is that it was six different guys for Tampa Bay to score. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that, got everybody that, involved there. Got everybody involved. And, you know, and our boy Vasilevsky got back on, back on his horse and, mm-hmm. you know, stopped 37 of 39 shots mm-hmm. for a – almost a 950 save percentage, yep, yep. Uh, you know, and on the other side and the, you know, in between the polls on the other side, you know, the abs wound up pulling their goalie, um, Darcy Kemp Cooper after, um, giving up five goals on just 22 shots. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, so we'll see, you know, I think there may be some question marks for the abs going into, uh, tonight's game, um, you know, with their goalie situation. And, you know, I think, that 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 sits well for Tampa Bay. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a little bit of uh, yeah, like you said, goalie controversy here for for the Avalanche. I mean, they they think that they have a pretty pretty good guy in the backup. I mean, he's undefeated in the in the playoffs so far. But you know, Cooper has been the guy that they've stuck with. You know, through the through the season and has somewhat gotten them to this point and right. has been you know pretty solid in the playoffs. I mean, he's had his games where he's you know ha- had some games here or there where he hasn't performed the best, but. Now, now what do you do? You know, that, that thought is in the back of your head now. Like I start this guy who hasn't, you know, hasn't played in the, in the Stanley cup final yet coming off a, a beat down, you know, in, in game three playing at, you know, at Tampa Bay again, you know, and, and you know, it seems, seems like a, you know, stat there, Tampa Bay is undefeated at home through this playoffs. Yeah. Uh, Colorado had lost on the road until game three. So, you know, something, something had to give there. And, you know, now game four, the Tampa Bay is finally showing some signs of life and they've been in this position before they were down two nothing in the Eastern conference finals have somewhat been in these positions throughout, you know, the entire playoffs for them. So they're, they're hungry. They know what they, what they can do. Colorado has got to watch themselves. I think, I think game four is, is a must win for, for Colorado. I think the pressure is now. Yeah. Tampa flip- Bay comes back and ties this thing up tonight. Yeah. I think, man, this is a whole new series. Mm-hmm. Now. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, the, I don't think the goalie controversy is as, as much as uh, it looks like, because they've play, really played both of these two all throughout the playoffs. The one's got 13 wins. The other's got seven in the play mm-hmm. in, in this, the playoffs alone. Mm-hmm. So, and they're both playing really well in the playoffs. They're, you know, they're both blocking a lot of shots. I think either of them can get the job done. I don't think that's as much as a controversy. I think Colorado's just got to get back to scoring. You know, mm-hmm. they only had two goals in that game three. Mm-hmm. They, they got to get their offense moving around, flying around. Um, but, you know, I, I think Colorado has, has the advantage in the series because I think their legs are a little bit fresher. Okay. Tampa Bay's ha- had a little tougher playoff road than Colorado's had. Yeah. 
So I, I think Colorado will be a little fresher, and I think that can that's going to play the edge here because they're they're both these teams are very close statistically in almost every major category. Yeah, I don't see either team really having an advantage anywhere on the ice. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's going to come down to the fresher legs, and I, I think that's going to be Colorado. Yeah, I think uh, I think for the the key to this one, I think for me is is how do the lightning start, start this one? You know, that, that seems to be their, their MO. Um, you know, they're, they're seven and one in the playoffs when they lead after the first period in, in both of the, you know, game one and game two, they were down by multiple goals yeah. within the first 10 minutes of the yeah. game. So, yeah. you know, I think that somewhat takes the, takes the air, you know, takes the wind out of the sails when you're, you know, already, you know, a couple Playing minutes into the game and it's like, behind. holy cow, we got to, you know, go on a, go on a spree here. So, I think that's going to be the, the key, you know, going forward in, in games, you know, four through, you know, possible seven. Um, can the Lightning get off to to a decent start on the on the defensive end? Can they allow, you know, a minimal amount of goals, keep themselves in it and, and have a, you know, have a chance going into the, you know, second and third, third period. So, okay. and I, I, you know, I, I think you're right in one respect, Colton, but to me, Tampa Bay needs to do a better job of, of just controlling the game and controlling the puck mm. um, and not rely on that all-star goalie sitting back there. Mm-hmm. I mean, as good as he is, mm-hmm. you know, you just can't let teams continue to take shots at him. He's going to break um, at some point. Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, he's been incredible other than that game too. But mm-hmm. I think they just they just have not controlled the puck all that well from the from the parts of the games that I've seen. Yep. So – well, so tell me, fellas, who do you like tonight? First yeah. of all, mm-hmm. who do you like to get the win tonight? I like uh, I like Tampa Bay. Like I said, I think the the momentum has somewhat shifted after that game three. I think uh, you know Tampa Bay has been, uh, lack of a better word, uh, electric at, at home. Um, you know, and and uh, you know I think that they can can win another one here, tie the series up to two to two. So uh, Matt, who who you like tonight? You know, I'm going to go the opposite way. I think Colorado bounces back here. Like I said, both their goalies have played really well. I don't think it's going to matter who they put in goal. And that team, they've scored all year long. I think they're going to score some more tonight. And I think it's going to be enough to get a victory for them. All right. I, I got to go with Colton on this. I like Tampa Bay tonight. I think they, you know, Uncle Mo swung back to their side a little bit. Um, now, who do you like in the series? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think it's it's going to be interesting. I, I think Tampa Bay three peats as as Stanley Cup champs, right. but I think I think it goes seven seven games. Um, you know, it just seems to be like that that's where Tampa Bay wants to be, or that's where they've lived this entire you know entire playoff. So backs against the wall. Yeah, and I think that that you know they'll they'll come out come out on top. The veteran team who's been you know been in this position multiple times. I know you know if we're looking at it, you know, like I said, Tampa Bay has been tested through these through these playoffs. You know, Colorado is somewhat. You know, I'm not saying that they've slept walk because they've, you know, blown the doors off of every team that they've they've played. So I just think when it comes down to these tight game situations, Tampa Bay has been in those situations. Colorado has not. I, I think Tampa Bay gets 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 the win, gets the wins the series, hoists that Stanley Cup, and and wins it in seven games. Yeah, like I said earlier, I think this thing comes down to the fresher legs and Colorado having the easier playoffs. You know, not not taking games of seven series of seven games and. And all that they've got, they've got the fresher bodies. I, I I think I just think Colorado is going to pull this out. They're going to defend or dethrone the mm. defending champions. Here. All right. Well, well I quick, like, like okay. Quick right? quick stat before we go to our to our next topic. Whoever hoists this Stanley Cup trophy, uh, I saw something that was that was interesting that stuck out to me. Stanley Cup has been you know was first awarded back in 1893. Holy it's back. older than the radio, which was <laughs> put out in 1895. 
older than the airplane, which was made in 1903, right. and older than the first talking movie, which was produced in 1927. So this this thing has some history to <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. So yeah, no matter who's hoisting that that trophy at the end of the you know end of the you know end of this series, they got they got history there. So. <clears throat> All right, very good. And I'm kind of surprised uh, Rob isn't rooting for Colorado and uh, his old favorite player is the Blue Jackets, Jack Johnson, the yeah, member of the Colorado. Yeah. I read it was reading some quotes by him. Yeah, I, that, well, that he was my guy when he was in Columbus. I still have his jersey. <laughs> yeah, there you fact, go. So. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I like um, I like I said, I like Tampa Bay getting a win tonight, but I think I got to go with Matt. I think the abs are, are just – they're just too much of a scoring machine. I think they – I think they unseat the champs. So. All right. All right. Um, on to the NBA news. It's all over um, other than the draft yep. uh, tomorrow night, mm-hmm. actually, which already is starting next season, right, which is, which is kind of cool. I like the way the NBA does that, you know, the, the finals finish up and right away, you know, they're letting these teams get into the draft and start their rebuild process or yeah. retool process. And, well, it you feels know. like these college guys have been doing nothing forever. Yeah, yeah right, right, right. right. Yeah, Sitting so, doing nothing. And, right. Uh, but. Um, so Colt and I talked about this last week, you know, and boy, were we both wrong. <laughs> yeah, um, we, we were. We th- I thought I thought the Celtics would get that win, you know, in game, game six, six, and they didn't. Yeah. Um, they Again, like Colton kind of mentioned, that to me, they just kind of slept walk through this whole game again. They uh-huh. And the – Freaking turnovers, yeah. 23 turnovers mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was a game of runs. Um, Celtics started out hot, 14-2 to run to start the game. But then, man, here came Golden State uh, with their with their defense and their shooting. And it uh, through the rest of the first period and even into the second, they won a 38-8 to run. Yeah. You yeah. know, and that, that's hard to recover from. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Boston kind of came back on a 7-0, then Golden State back 17-4, to mm-hmm. Boston back 6-0. So, at halftime, they're down 15. Game's not out of reach yet, right? Right. So, uh, you know, g- give me your guys, before I keep rambling about how disappointed I was in Boston, <laughs> you guys kind of tell me what you think. Well, I, I think you, you uh, hit, the he- hit the nail on the head here. It, this whole series was just about the turnovers oh. for Boston. Mm-hmm. They averaged 19 turnovers in each of their losses. Mm-hmm. It, the, their two wins, though, they only had 12 turnovers. Yep. So when they were able to control the yep. ball, Boston Absolutely. Boston could play with these guys. Mm-hmm. But when they're turning it over like that and making you know, unforced easy points. errors. Yeah. Yeah, easy points for the mistakes. Warriors. It just it, it made it made it easy for the Warriors. They right. they were able to bring home their seventh championship in franchise history and their fourth in the last eight years. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I, I think yeah. you know Matt Matt said it there. I mean, you can't give a team that scores points in in waves like the Warriors do extra possessions right. by just you know throwing the, ball, throwing the ball. Throwing the ball. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, you know you you nailed it there, Matt. I mean, like you said, they had twenty three turnovers in in Game Six. One and eight in the playoffs when they commit sixteen or more turnovers. So the magic number was you know under sixteen, mm-hmm. and they eclipsed that by you know six seven more. So yeah. and, and I think a lot of that has to go on their star player and, and Jason Tatum. I mean he did not play well in this in this entire series. Yeah, the, uh, Wiggins did a great job defending mm-hmm. him. I thought you know we talked about this going in. These were the two statistically the two best defensive teams, um, you know, in, in, in the, the whole NBA. league going yeah. in and. That they held, they held Tatum to thirty-seven percent from the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they turned him over a bunch. And I think he had over a hundred turnovers just by himself in this series alone, wow. uh, or maybe even the, it might have been the whole it playoffs. Be playoff, might have yeah. been the entire playoffs. Yeah. But I mean, 
it was a high number. He of, set a record, uh, right? Right. For for number, the of, number of turnovers yeah, in, a, in a playoffs. He eclipsed uh, LeBron James for a number of turnovers in, right. a, in a playoff. And, and I don't think that's a stat you want to no. overtake LeBron. Yeah, you'd like to overtake I'm, LeBron. In I'm the sure LeBron's happy yeah, to get rid yeah, of that. Yeah. That's yeah. off his back now. So right. yeah, absolutely. You know, and they they did get it down to nine points uh, a couple different times once they're in the third and. I think maybe early in the fourth they might have got it down to nine points, but just just couldn't get any closer mm, than that. Mm-hmm. And you know when they did when they did need a bucket when they were trying to make a run, I, I got to give Steve Kerr credit. He was using his timeouts wisely, and you know they'd come back and you know and then when Boston needed a bucket, they you know Golden State would turn them over, and you know that was that was pretty much the story. Yeah, of the I game. think uh, you know, like like you said, Dad. I think uh, you know several times in this game, it seemed like the Celtics got off the big leads, and then they just kind of you know, huh, we got a lead, we're all yeah. right. But it, with the Warriors, you no lead is safe until the clocks you know strike Not triple. The way they play defense and the way triple they zeros. Um, you know, you you got to play all you know all the minutes. Every minute counts because, like I said, they can score points quickly and, and in waves and. It seemed like once, you know, the Celtics got off that hot start, then they, you know, somewhat coasted. Here comes that Warriors team on a big on a big run. And then, you know, with the young, inexperienced team that Boston had coming into this finals, they, 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 they you know, they were like there. a deer yeah. in the headlights, like, yeah. oh, they never recovered yeah, from that point. It was, like, it, oh, yeah, it was like, oh, my gosh, what do we do now? Yeah. You know, and the buckets just weren't there. You know, their star players weren't, you know, getting the points, you know, just – Seemed like they had no answer for for that, you know, those runs that the yeah. Warriors went on. But right. uh, you know, hats off to the Warriors. Yeah, I mean, they, absolutely. you know, they they battled. Um, you know, this this is a this is a team, a franchise that two years ago had the worst record in the NBA, and, and here we well, are. Essentially, the same players, right? Um, that they've had that have yeah. won, you know, multiple yeah, titles. The, that, the injuries that bring, of the Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, made it. right? That, right. That, that brings difference. up a good point. Matt kind of already touched on it a little bit. This is their fourth fourth one in, in eight years so do you consider golden this this team a dynasty right now is this a team that is going to be up there with some of the elite teams the bulls the lakers uh the celtics in their runs mm-hmm. i mean what do you think fellas is the yeah. team a dynasty though because it's it's been so many different iterations of this team they've really done it a bunch of different ways they yeah did the, the kd teams you know, yeah but Andre i mean at this Iguodala. point you could say that the big the big three i mean draymond clay and steph were the ones that that started this right. yeah they added kd but did they really even need KD to win that title? I, I don't – and I'm looking at it now. I mean, this, LeBron, this championship – LeBron will say yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look at this championship and you say, you know, they, they got rid of KD yeah, and, and still, you know, they still won. They were still able to, to and, win yeah, it. Yeah, once they got healthy. Right, know, right. I mean, obviously, the the role players have shifted over over those, you know, four titles, but those core guys of, of Steph and Clay and Draymond have been there, you know, the, the test of time and, and have been able to win it. And I think this was a, a a different a different team. I mean, we we talk about them being able to score in waves and things like that, but their their defense was always somewhat shaky, you know, in the in the past. But this was a team that was defensive defensive minded, in my opinion. And they you know yeah, before added, they always kind of had a stopper, right? Right. You know, right. They had one guy. They had one guy. Iguodala played tough but, defense. But this was kind Barnes of a, a, a team. Uh, it seemed like a team. Yeah. I mean, Andrew Wiggins, you know, hats off to him. I mean, he played phenomenal throughout this entire playoffs as kind of their defensive stopper or whatever, but. I think this was a team effort when it came to came to defense. I really think Steve Kerr got the got the buy in from the team to to be that defensive minded because those players that I you know talk about Draymond Clay and 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 uh, you know Steph 
they're getting older, obviously. Right. I mean, they, they, they don't, you know, they're not as quick to recover. They're, you know, it, it, it's, they're not going to be able to put up the buckets to score the points that they, that they used. I mean, Clay's coming off a major injury. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew what he was even going to be like in this, yeah. in this year, came back halfway through the season, you know, got off to, to a hot start, but kind of slowed down and, but was still able to contribute in, in other ways right. for them. And then, so I think, yeah, definitely this team, it's interesting. I, I think that, yeah, you can probably consider them, consider them a, a, a dynasty of, of this, this era yeah, of, of the agree. NBA um, of, of um, you know, the last, you know, 10, you know, decade or so um, just because they have been able to win it with a different combination of, of, of role players and things like that. And just kind of a different mentality for, for the team. Um, but you know, what I love most about these Warriors teams mm-hmm. is other than the time when they went out and got KD, they've really built these teams. Mm-hmm. They've been self-built through the draft yep, and, and getting their own guys. And I think that's pretty cool. They haven't been, you know, I'm going to get a big three together and, and I'm going to buy a championship mm-hmm. per se. Yeah. They, they turned they, themselves, they, they, they turned themselves into the big yeah. three right, development right. or whatever. Right. I agree with you on, on some of that. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't know, I guess I, yeah, I would say agree with Colton in the last 10 yeah, to 15 years, they may be one of the elite teams, but I still don't put them up there with, you know, like I said, teams, I mentioned teams like the bulls who just dominated people, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Lakers that just dominated. Right. But I was, I was surprised to see, um, this is the first time that Curry's won the you know, final. And that was the last MVP. kind of missing piece of his, yeah, for his, yeah. you know, hall of fame career, career if you absolutely. will. Um, you know, and I, I think it begs the question and I, I saw this, you know, kind of on, on social media. I mean, technically Steph Curry has the same number of NBA championships as, as LeBron. But lots of people are saying, you know, is Steph better than LeBron? I mean, is he is he the better player than than LeBron James? I, I don't know. I still look at what LeBron did in that championship with Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was he didn't have the big three. Yeah, he yeah. had the big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, it was a two. Kyrie, Kyrie Irving was yeah. was balling out. Yeah, but I mean, just I don't know. And and to win it with three different teams, I think, kind of lends itself to obviously. He was the the common denominator on mm-hmm. three different championship teams. Yep. So See, I don't I don't know that I give him that in Miami. Miami had that before. Uh, Dwayne Wade had already won. But they did, him. Yeah, but so, I mean, but he did win with three different teams. Right, right. He he has done it with three different teams. I think I think you have to look at the the longevity aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Steph Curry much much younger than than LeBron has not been in the NBA nearly as many years. I mean. He's done it, you know, won these NBA titles obviously quicker than LeBron sure. has in his yeah, career. Thanks. But I think I think for, for Steph to somewhat dethrone LeBron, if you will, he's gonna have to keep, you know, keep going. I mean, because if you look at LeBron, I mean, yeah, he's he's you know, doesn't have a great NBA finals record, but look what he's doing at age, you know, at the age that oh, he's due. I mean, yeah. he's putting up stats that and obviously no man at that age has done. Two different players right. in two different positions. Right. You know? But yeah, uh, you got a pure shooter, against right. a, a slasher driver, right? right. A guy know. that, yeah, that is obviously built a lot bigger than Steph, and you know, just right. does does some things a lot different. But yeah, this was an interesting question that that was brought up that I saw, you know, kind of on on social media. You know, is is Steph, you know, better than LeBron, or has he overtaken LeBron on the you know the NBA's current throne, if you will, um, because of the number of championships that, that he's won, that he's, you know, technically tied with, with LeBron James. You know, the, regardless of what happened in this series, what I loved most was 
It was the two best defensive teams in the league uh-huh. fighting it out for a championship yeah, yeah. in a league that doesn't play a lot of defense it's anymore. Not known for defense. It's right. it's nice to see the defensive teams getting rewarded. And, and that's what made the difference, yeah. I think, in the, in the series was yeah. defense. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Good one, point, Matt. One, one thing that that stuck out to me for for the Celtics, um, and I I didn't know this until I until I looked it up, but uh, the the Celtics have been in the finals, you know, 22, 22 times. Only lost five times in the wow. final. This would be their fifth time that they've lost in the finals. So pretty, pretty good record pretty when they fresh. make it when they make it to the to the finals. But uh, yeah, obviously not the not the result that they they wanted here. I guess uh, kind of last closing question: Is this the last that we see of the of the Boston Celtics? Will they you know Will they be in the hunt next year? Will we you know? I, it, it, I think you got to put them in there. I mean the the aging piece on their teams, Al Horford, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's still some young talent, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, Brown, Marcus Smart, you Marcus know, Smart. What, uh, what are their contracts though? How long do they, I think that they're, they they're pretty, up I, I think, uh, Jalen and, and Tatum are both, um, you know, signed oh, up or, and yeah. I, and I believe Marcus yeah. Smart too. So I think that, you know, their core okay. younger guys yeah. are, are, are solid, you know, contract wise. Well, so, so, you know, maybe you'll see, cause already Vegas has given odds and Golden State has the best odds to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, for next, next year, year yeah. so yeah, you know, and, I, and I, I think I remember seeing you know the Nets and and the Celtics were up there towards the top, maybe like two, three, four, five yeah. somewhere up there in the top, at least in the top five. So I think, uh, yeah, I think I, I, in that East, I think you know you got only you know maybe a, a couple of teams that are really the solid solid teams. I think right. you got you, got you know Miami, Boston, Miami, and, and Philadelphia, Milwaukee. You know those are kind of the four best teams, and then you got kind of everybody else. So it's uh, and how, but how long can Giannis keep carrying that Bucks team? Right, right. You know, I, yeah, I all know. by himself, really. Right, yeah. and, and almost the same can be said for for Joel Joel Embiid. I mean, it's been somewhat they've you know, tried to bring some pieces in around him but none of them have really panned out and then he you know the injury bug has hit him and, and i wouldn't say it's it's been unfortunate it's just one of those things that it's it's hit him at like the wrong the wrong time it's always seems to be you know wrong place for him so you know be interesting to see yeah but i think this celtics team yeah obviously they they have to figure out the turnover situation they definitely have to you know Cut Clean that down to, yeah. to be an nba winning team an nba finals winning team that, that you you, you got to play mistake free basketball. So, yeah, and I think better. that just, you know, speaks to their inexperience of not being in the, in the moment. I've Absolutely. never been, I mean, not yeah. a single person on their roster has ever played in the NBA finals. So, and, and you look on the flip side and the Warriors loaded, it, yeah, loaded experience. experience, you know, from player to coach. So yeah. it's, it's, you know, very, you know, very different, you know, styles. And I think that showed up in this NBA finals, but uh, yeah, hats off to the Warriors. You know, they're, they're taking home the, taking home the crowns. So. All right. Well, that's all we got for tonight. We appreciate you tuning in and uh, Colton's going to sign us out here. Yeah. So thanks for listening to fired up with your hosts, Colton Cal, chief Rob Cal, Matt Cordes. We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And uh, if you want to hear other topics for future episodes or, you know, just got a big burning sports question you want to hear us talk about here on the show. Feel free to reach out to us on our uh, different social medias. We have a uh, Instagram. Um, our handle is fired up underscore podcast. Or you can find us over on Facebook at uh, fired up comma sports podcast. And as always, you can head over to our website, which is uh, www.firedup1.podbean.com. We can find all of our past episodes and just a little bit of information about the show. Um, and, you know, you can find all of our past episodes and even this episode uh, tomorrow morning, um, you know, on all the different podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora. So anywhere where you can find a podcast, you can find our show. So appreciate you guys listening. And as always, stay fired up.